0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for your kind comments on the last episode. Please do feel free to share the podcast amongst your network. It really does help us reach new listeners. Today, we're discussing an article which is entitled Female Trailblazers and Role Models in Procedure-Based Cardiology. And I'm interviewing Dr. Shrila Banerjee and Dr. Shazia Hussain, both UK-based interventional cardiologists, to get their perspectives on this article. I hope you enjoy the show. Maybe we can start off by having you both introduce yourselves for the HEART audience. Should we go with you first, Shrilla?
1: So I'm Shrilla Banerjee. I'm an interventional cardiologist at uh, Surrey and Sussex Healthcare Trust in Redhill in Surrey.
0: Brilliant. And Shazia, can you introduce yourself for the HEART audience?
2: I'm Shazia Hussain. I'm uh, an interventional cardiologist also recently appointed at the Glenfield Hospital in Leicester.
0: Brilliant. And Shrilla, along with uh, several co-authors, you recently wrote a piece in Heart, which is called Female Trailblazers and Role Models in Procedure-Based Cardiology. And Shazia was one of the subjects of that uh, Cardiology in Focus piece. But maybe we can just set the scene. Um, Could you guys tell me about the BJCA survey? You talk about this at the beginning of your article, and it really outlines the issues, I think. Could one of you tell us about what the survey is and what you found as it relates to interventional cardiology?
1: Yeah, so it was a very interesting um, article by Hannah and colleagues in um, the European Heart Journal, which showed that cardiology training in the UK hasn't really changed since I was involved in the working group in 2004, which showed that uh, women are underrepresented in um, general cardiology, but in particular in interventional cardiology. And this situation still persists. Um, Women are about four and a half to seven and a half percent of the interventional cardiology workforce and even fewer in uh, electrophysiology, and that many women start off cardiology training wanting to be uh, procedure-based cardiologists, but through their early years' journey through um, their training, they often change their mind or get their minds changed for them uh, by the uh, work-life balance, some of the behaviours they they see, and some of the um, perceived uh, obstacles Um, that they uh, encounter in the first couple of years of training. So many change from interventional uh, specialties to uh, imaging um, uh, and the Gooch specialties as well, which are perceived as more female-friendly specialties generally.
0: Brilliant. And um, could you maybe, Shazia, kick us off with discussing your journey into medicine and into interventional cardiology in particular, just to give the audience an idea of what your background is and how you uh, made it to the lofty heights of an interventional cardiologist
2: yeah sure i'm not sure about the lofty but i can uh, i can describe the journey so mine's um not not the typical journey so it's quite a, a scenic route to, to interventional cardiology in total it took me about 20 years uh to become an interventional cardiologist so um i graduated in 1997 and um i got married um a year after whilst so i was a house officer and I had my children fairly early. Um, I'm from a fairly traditional uh, Pakistani background and the, um, and the emphasis has always been that certainly education is a priority, but when you have your kids, your career takes a, a seat. Um, and therefore I'd never even questioned that I was going to be a general practitioner uh, because certainly in the mid 2000s, 2003, 2004, uh, by the time I'd done my MRCP, uh, there were very few women especially ones with young children in in hospital medicine. Uh, But I liked uh, hospital medicine. I enjoyed the acute side of it. So I thought I'll be a good GP, I'll do my MRCP. So I did that whilst I had two young children. Um, But then when I came to complete my MRCP, I decided actually what I really like is the acute side of medicine. And it would be a real shame to give that up to concentrate on on just being part-time. And I thought I should be able to combine part-time training uh, with cardiology. And fortunately, I was in Northampton as a senior SHO and and, um, met an exceptional cardiologist, David Spriggings, who still works part-time in Oxford, and uh, he encouraged me to enter cardiology. And as I was a late uh, entry uh, to cardiology, my, my CV really wasn't geared towards cardiology at that stage at all. Um, so it was it was quite a jump to go from general medicine into cardiology uh, without that CV backing you. But uh, Dr. Spriggings really encouraged me. I managed to then get a, a lat in Northampton, then a lat in Oxford. Unfortunately, there were good training lats. So by the end of those, I was more or less competent at angiography and pacing and got my training number in Cambridge. I then trained in Cambridge... In total, my cardiology training was 12 years, and that included a a three-and-a-half-year PhD at King's College, a year fellowship and two periods of less-than-full-time training, Um, and I managed to do that with three children um, as well. So I managed to combine the two um, at the time. So that's just a a brief whistle-stop tour. And then after my fellowship in Toronto, I uh, got my consultant post at Leicester, where I've been for the last two to three years.
0: Fantastic. Wow, what a journey. Um, and Shrila, can you tell us your journey into, into medicine and cardiology and then interventional cardiology in particular?
1: Yeah, so obviously we were undergraduates together in Birmingham,
0: mm.
1: uh, where I was inspired by your work ethic, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after uh, house jobs in Birmingham, I moved down to London and um, was fortunate to get on the SHO rotation at St George's and then Guy's Renal Unit afterwards. Um And then that was a difficult time because that was when um, Sir Kenneth Kalman had changed all the training system uh, and there was a real shortage of training numbers. So a lot of us who wanted to do cardiology uh, but didn't have outstanding CVs at that point um, had to go off and do research before we really knew which area of cardiology we wanted to uh, continue in. And I was fortunate to work with Professor Adam Timmis uh, to do a cardiovascular epidemiology MD which published really well in Harp, BMJ, and the New England Journal. Um, and from there, I uh, got a training number and w- was fortunate to, to get into the Northeast London training uh, scheme, which was an excellent training scheme run by um, Dr. Peter Mills. And from there, I worked with all my amazing mentors who you know, um, were so inspiring and so encouraging the whole way through my training. Um, so the Middlesex UCLH, I was at with Howard Swanton, Di Holdright, Malcolm Walker, uh, at the Royal Free with David Lipkin, Jerry Coughlin, um, Hugh Bainan, and then King George Hospital in Ilford with Andrew Diener and Charles Knight and finished off again at the Heart Hospital um, with all the same consultants again. So I had a, a wonderful training there. Um, but I, I basically was, the one thing that I hit was um, I, I was one of the f- trainees coming through who was, wishing to have a family, whereas a lot of my female mentors didn't have children. And I I had my children uh, pretty much as soon as I became a consultant. I became a consultant in 2004 and then had my first child in 2006. And then, um, you know, then had my second child in 2009 and continued as consultant since then. And I've worked full-time the whole way through. So I think things were very different in those days. And, you know, I I have become that dinosaur that basically things were so much harder than my day. (laughs) But um, I think actually, you know, the time is so much better for female trainees now. Um, you know, Shazi is a perfect example. She's had children through her training. She's um, taken advantage of the less than full time training opportunities, which are fantastic and and had a lot of support from consultant colleagues and mentors who have been around her. And I had that support, but it was also very much perceived that as a woman in those days, as an in, interventional trainee um, it was going to be very hard to have children. Whereas I think nowadays it's much more accepted to go for flexible training and and have as much support as possible.
0: And before we get to the positive aspects, what were the sort of challenges that, that both of you faced? You mentioned a couple there, Shrilo, with people you know, saying it might be hard to, to balance a family life with a full-time career in cardiology, particularly in intervention. Were there any other areas that you think uh, you definitely faced challenges that perhaps have improved now compared to when you were coming through the ranks, should we say, Uh, 10 or so years ago what other sort of challenges do you remember
1: so I think my biggest challenge was overcoming my own imposter syndrome and my lack of self-belief and Mm. every time I saw a case discussed or presented at national meetings or even local meetings and comments were invited I always held back because I didn't want to appear stupid or expose myself to ridicule and I think that is one of the failings of a lot of people not just women but imposter syndrome is something that affects all of us and I think um that was something that probably held me back from being more um, high profile when I was a, um, a new consultant. Uh, now I've sort of I'm beginning to overcome that, and I still have it at moments. Um, but you know, recently I've got appointed to BCS Council and been asked to chair the focus group on women in cardiology, and those sort of opportunities. I think I would have run them a, a million miles <laughs> very speedily if I'd been offered them a few years ago. Whereas now I feel that I can actually. Uh, have an equal contribution to conversations about training and uh, about women in cardiology.
0: And how about you, Shazia? Anything to add to that? Any different or, or similar challenges that you faced along the way?
2: I mean, I think the the main challenge uh, that I faced was, I mean, Shiloh mentioned that I went uh, part-time for a while, uh, but I was only less than full-time training for two short periods, and I did my training predominantly full-time. And that was, and that was despite me being a single mum with three children. And, and I did that because there was a perception uh, that less than full-time trainees were less committed. And certainly in interventional cardiology, when you need to be at the lists, when you have to uh, be there for long hours, there just wasn't the support to be less than full-time training. This is 10, 15 years ago. I think that's changed a lot. Um, and part of me now thinks actually that was imposed on myself because similar to Shrilla, because I had the, the three children and I felt that I needed to work harder and prove myself more and go on and do a PhD and do a, an international fellowship, which not all interventional trainees do, but all the time I felt that, that I had to strive to be as good as my colleagues because I never felt that I was as good because they had more time to commit uh, to their training. Whereas if I went Back and did it now. I'd be a lot happier in saying, actually, this is who I am. Uh, my children are a priority, um, and actually, I'm as good as you, if not better, um, because I manage so many different things. Uh, so it's it's that self belief uh, which Shreela talks about that that's changed as well. So and on top of that, it was it was uh, as I was a single mother, so childcare was always an issue. Trying to combine your long hours with uh, long lists um, and not having much family support. I mean, so certainly there were weeks of nights that I did where uh, the nanny would sleep with the children at night. I would do the night shift and then come and look after the children during the day, sleep for a few hours whilst they were at school and then go back and and do a night shift. But never at any time would I feel, would I be able to say, look, actually this is difficult. Whereas now, Um, I feel that I could and even my two periods of less than full-time training to be honest I had supportive consultants who actually said you should go less than full-time so I felt like the decision had been taken out of my hands rather than me me showing my weakness uh, to everybody I felt like actually someone's taken that decision that's the right thing to do Um, and hopefully with support and increasing awareness that's changed
0: now and I was just going to say, do you think that is changing? Because you, I mean, the stories of both of you listening uh, to them now for the first time, they really sound like kind of superhuman efforts, really, to to get to the, the goal of being an interventional cardiologist. But do you think perhaps it's a bit easier now for, for females, and in fact, for everybody coming through who wants to maybe have a family, be less than full-time for whatever reason, you know, caring responsibilities, other, other different reasons, have things changed?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, certainly... Um, I've now found a uh, a support peer network, even through Twitter, through people who understand. And there is more awareness. Uh, people talk about this more. I mean, the fact that we're having the, this podcast is is testament to the fact that it's actually seen as as an important issue. So uh, there certainly is, and increasingly you have trainees. Uh, coming to me and saying you know is it possible to do this and it's very interesting that um, the, the current climate is that that people are interested so whenever I talk about my career people aren't interested in how I did my fellowship <laughs>
0: <laughs> where you <laughs> went who you work with yeah
2: or my New England journal paper yeah. all anybody wants to know is how did you manage your training with three children um, and that's males and females um, so I think it really is an issue which um, resonates with people.
0: Yeah, it's sad that that's the case in a sense that, you know, people don't want to ask you about those major academic achievements. But um, I guess you you and Trilla and, you know, people a couple of generations before you were the trailblazers really in terms of, you know, starting to increase the number of, uh, of female interventionists. And I should say EP doctors as well. Ashley Nisbet is another uh, consultant who is featured in the piece who had a similar journey, I think, as well. So what would you give in terms of advice, perhaps, Shruda, to people coming through that are trainees at the moment or people doing core medical training that are considering a career in cardiology and perhaps have read some of the headlines and are a bit you know, worried that it's not for them because of the the time commitment or perceived time commitment and balancing that with a family life? Have you got some some tips that you would like to pass on to people?
1: I mean, I think um, you have to be determined, and you know, um, an easy path is never the one that you really relish or cherish. You know, it's too easy. It's just, it's almost, it's not worth doing. Whereas, mm. remembering um, that the rewards of cardiology far outweigh the struggles, I think that's the primary thing. Because you know, what I love is that every day I come to work and I am happy. I finish my my day, maybe a little bit tired sometimes, but I actually feel that I've actually achieved a lot, and. The thing is, cardiology is definitely the best of medicine and the best of surgery in terms of we see patients, we diagnose with amazing technologies—MR, echo, CT—we fix patients with electrophysiology and interventional techniques, and we follow the patients up. So we're with the patient every step of their journey. So I think it's it's just the most satisfying. I, you know, I hear some of my acute medical colleagues saying, you know, oh gosh, I wish I could do that. I wish I I wish I had the ability to sort of sort the patient as you come as they come through A and E. And, you know, the other day I um, I finished work a little bit late so my children were grumbling at me for being late and we'd had an air ambulance arrive at our hospital with a, a gentleman with an out-of-hospital VF arrest who was having a, a semi and he came to the cath lab. We opened up his, what turned out to be just quite a small obtuse marginal branch and, you know, he's he's gone home today. And it's just, what's excellent is that, you know, he that person was technically going to die, you know, and we had that power to fix them. And, you know, cardiology is just, i there's no way I would do anything different. You know, I absolutely love the specialty.
0: Brilliant. How about you Shazia? What about advice to, uh, to people coming through? I saw you noted quite a few in the article, which, which will be free for people to access for a few weeks, but anything in particular, you mentioned robust childcare networks and and also the importance of really good mentors. It sounds like both of you had great mentors all the way coming through.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, those those two things certainly. And when when I'm talking about childcare, you know, you have to have a plan B, C. Uh, it's it's still not acceptable to sort of leave lists early. Um, and uh, for childcare purposes, I mean, we can we can discuss the the whether that's right or not. Um, but essentially, I always had you know double childcare. Um, in case of emergency, so I never had to do that. So I never found that it interfered with my training. The only thing I I would would say is ask for help um, if you struggle um, because there is help available. Certainly the the British Cardiac Society has a woman's rep, the the BJCA has a trainee's rep, and there are so many different options with how you can train that there is no reason to, to struggle. And even if you want to have a family or you're having doubts about whether it's possible, then speak to people who've done it and make an informed decision rather than just assume um, that it can't be done.
0: And perhaps you could give your Twitter contact details. Could you let people possibly know the best place to get you on Twitter if they want an informal conversation?
2: Absolutely. Um, so um, my Twitter handle is Hussein one and and uh, if you follow me, I'm always happy to to take questions and answer them and support as I can.
0: And how about you, Shrila? Where can people get hold of you best?
2: Uh, I'm at,
1: at Shrila B uh, on Twitter, um, or you could always email through the NHS net. I'm happy to take questions. So can I just follow up from that, James? Just a couple mm. more things, um, just as bits of sort of practical advice. I think being a cardiologist generally, I think this applies not just being a woman in cardiology, but a, a cardiologist generally, but the fundamental thing is be organised. Um, you know, as Shazi said, the sort of backup childcare plans, um, make sure you that be organized doesn't just apply to covering all your um, work commitments it also means um making sure you take care of yourself because you need to take holidays regularly um a sort of uh, a wife of one of my colleague, interventional cardiologists told me as an SHO that um, you need to take leave every three months. You know, just take a week. And that's absolutely right, because you find that you do get tired and burnt out. And actually, if you take your leave and make sure you do protect yourself, because I used to sort of wander into a, an SHO job and think at the end of the job, as many of my juniors do now. Oh, yikes, yeah, I haven't taken my leave. But actually, if you take it in a regular, organised fashion, then you don't impose on anybody and you also rest yourself when you need it. But then also the other thing is to work as a team, both at home and at work. So you work well as a team. I have a fantastic group of consultants here that I work with, and we really step up and help each other out whenever there's any problem. Like, you know, you're saying about leaving the lab early for childcare. I know that if I got into any difficulty, my team here would step up. And recently I had some issues with family and um, my colleagues really were just outstandingly supportive and, and really really helpful but again at home you work as a team you know it's not a woman's work to look after ch- children it's both parents if you've got both parents there and if you haven't got both parents there then use the support networks you've got you know as charlie described and as as you said charlie ask for help you know there's always somebody around who can help
0: brilliant well it's been such a privilege and a pleasure to chat to you both all about this really important issue. As I say, the um, the piece will be made free uh, for everybody to access. And please do feel free to ask uh, Shazi Hussain or Shrina Balaji any issues you have on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed both for, for joining me.
2: Thank you. Thank you.